What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yo, party people. This is another throwback episode. This time it's not about being single directly um (laughs) lately I've just been experiencing some back and forth with my faith so I thought that this would be a perfect throwback episode of a live taping that I did on how to find God's purpose for your life this blessed me when I watched it back so hopefully it blesses you guys too so without further ado here is the episode Y'all better make some noise. Let that rock out a little because I really like that song. Cause won't he do it? Yes, he will. All right, y'all can cut. You can cut it. Shout out to my DJ, DJ Feng Shui. It's spelled how it sound. Feng Shui. Yes, 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 yes. Y'all follow him on Instagram. Tell him how they can follow you. Spell it out for him. Uh, you know, spelling ain't my forte, but uh, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying for the people that uh, can't really spell, it's the DJ Feng Shui. F U N G Shui. Uh, S W A Y. I think I got that right. You know what I'm saying? I hope you got it right. It's your name. (laughs) All right. Welcome to Single Woman Chronicles Live, where being single is a beautiful choice rather than a miserable circumstance. Can I get a hallelujah on that? Yes, yes, yes. So everybody got their fans, their lovely, lovely fans in their seats. We got the Preach and we got the Nah fam. Now, today, we're talking about how to find God's purpose for your life. So, I really don't think we're going to have too many nah fans, but just in case, we got it on there, okay? But I got my preach fan because I already know we're going to be preaching in here today. I have some wonderful guests, some wonderful, wonderful guests, and I am very excited to introduce them. Y'all ready for my wonderful guests? Yeah. Y'all got to get, y'all got to get live for them too. All right, DJ, drop that beat so they can come on out. All right, cut it, DJ. Also, shout out to my wonderful, wonderful cameraman. He is here every week, on time, well lit up in here. 
Cause it's real dim in here, but y'all would never know cause he be having it litty. So Mr. Mike Smith, yes, follow him on Instagram, on Facebook, everywhere. He does a wonderful job. So today's topic, like I said again, is how to find God's purpose for your life. The reason I chose each one of these lovely ladies is because they all have a ministry. And when people think ministry, they think, oh my God, we're going to church. We're going to be like them saints that be in the church falling out who have the, <laughs> who had the skirts that come down to their ankles, who had a church hat to be judging me. No, it's this new age of ministry that is coming out right now. And everybody just is being moved by it and I love it because it's new, it's for us, right? It's for the young people, it's for the people who are trying to understand the difference between religion and Christianity because there is a difference. So how does this, how does this correlate to Single Woman Chronicles, right? For me, understanding your purpose paints the picture for your relationship. And not enough women understand that. Like too many women are dating men who do not align with their purpose. So they're holding and they're starving their destiny right now. I always say settling is poisonous to your destiny because it is. When you settle for somebody who is less than what God has put you on this earth to do because you can make powerful moves. Think about it. You got Jay-Z and Beyonce. You got them making power moves. Then you got... <laughs> Then you got your Michelle and Obama. It is like you think about that and you think about how like she really pushed him into where he is now. And then you have people like Kim and Kanye. And you see how a relationship can take My what Lord. was once great and kind of be your demise. Because I really feel like him being connected to Kim has kind of pulled him down. So yeah, but I'm doing a lot of talking. I ain't even had my lovely guests introduce themselves. So we're gonna start with Sha'Carolyn here. Go ahead, girl. Well, hi everybody, party people. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Sha'Carolyn Halyard. Um, I am the Chief Empowerment Officer at Virtuous Life Coaching and Empowerment. Um, I'm a minister, so a carrier and defender of the word, you know, so um, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I work with women. I'm also a life coach. Um, I have a master's degree in positive psychology with a concentration in life coaching. So, you know, very specific. I'm also a chaplain for the Georgia Department of Corrections. Hey, man, she over here doing it. Awesome, awesome. My name is Asia Thomas. And first, I want to start off by just honoring you, Ashley, and thank you for the thank opportunity you. to be here. Um, I believe Ashley truly has taken everything that she's gone through and used it to empower women. And so I think that is marvelous um, in this marvelous setup here and, and the women on the panel as well. Um, but my name is Asia Thomas, and I am the author of Hashtag I Still Believe. Uh, we have The Victory, uh, which was a, a book that was kind of birthed out of uh, pain and things that I had gone through throughout my life. And I had to learn to put faith over everything and every, every opposition that I faced. So that birth hashtag, I still believe we have The Victory. I'm also the CEO and founder of um, Kingdom Kid Entrepreneur, which is a nonprofit organization that really focuses on building entrepreneurship in kids. So I'm really um, passionate about that and, 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 the, and the road that God is leading me on in that avenue. So I'm super excited to be here and I can't wait to discuss. And that book is really, really, really good. I always tell her, like, 
usually I get a lot of books, but I can't finish them because I get bored real easily. But I finished her book in two days, you guys. Her book is so good. And it like if you're going through anything, I'm telling you, her book will get you through it just because the way she break down, breaks it down. Simplicity is key for me. And it was very simple how she broke it down, but so powerful at the same time. So please go get her book. And last but not least, Fallon. Hi, my name is Fallon Bonner. My voice is just kind of raspy because I have a cold. So just bear with me, it's a little deep. But anyway, <laughs> I'm the founder of the Slay Ministry. We are the ultimate wholeness hub for women. We equip women with the necessary tools to become healthy, whole, and married. I do not have any fancy titles, you know, or anything like that. It's just to really impart the word of God into, um, into our women and really empower them to really propel them to go forth and do all that God is calling them to do. I'm also um, I'm the CEO of Glamco Boutique. With it, which is an online store, and our mission is to crack the code on religion, like Ashley was saying. So all you have to do is wait, friends, place. So we're not here with the long skirts and the church hat. <laughs> we here for the crop tops and all that stuff. So and guess what? And we still saved, and we still going to heaven. Um, also, we Amen. <laughs> also um, also our ministry has a nonprofit, which is the Keep Your Legs Cross Project, where we go and we reach out <laughs> when we go and do um, outreach to the youth. So we go around to all the schools, um, like middle school to high school, and really the, the mission is to impart the seed of celibacy early in our teens to prevent teenage pregnancy. Amen. 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 Preaching. Just preaching, preaching, preaching. Thank you guys so much for coming. Um, I'm just really happy that you guys were able to be a part of this because I believe in just powerful women coming together and making a difference because we don't have a lot of great images and I think our like the millennial community, especially looking down like the people coming behind us, we don't have those great leaders like we used to have. Like, you know, back in the day they had people to look up to like the Oprah's and your Aretha Franklin's and all of that thing. But like now we just have some interesting role models. So we have to step up and do it for them. So when you guys walked in, um, I told you to put um, right what your purpose is in life and put a sticker on your chest. I'm sorry, Fallon, I don't think you got to, but I know you know what it is. So I just want you ladies to read it and explain why you think that's your purpose in life. Well, all right. Uh, my tag says carrier and defender of the word. And that's the word of God, obviously. Um, I know that that's my purpose in life because that's what's helped propel me forward. And um, a lot of the things that I've come into have kind of fallen into my lap. And then I realized that all things truly do work together for the good because it doesn't matter what happened in my life. It all led me to this path. And I recognize that. And so I spent all this time searching for titles and trying to figure out, well, I'm a life coach. I'm this and that. I want to be a minister. I want to be over here or a doctor or whatever. And the reality is that the most simple thing that defines what I know God is calling me to do is to be a carrier and defender of the word. I don't need a fancy title. Like, that's the most important title I've ever had. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, Amen. I think this is uh, very interesting um, that we're talking about this because God has really taken me on a, a path because I was so focused on what I'm called to do, what I'm called to do, what I'm called to do. And he, he had me backtrack to, to not what I'm called to do, but who I'm called to be. Mm. 
and from who I'm called to be, what I'm called to do with flow. And I think a lot of times we put the, the cart before the horse and we focus so much on what we're called to do and we don't allow God to really show us who we're called to be. And so mine, uh, mine says a voice to the nations. Um, I truly believe that God has given me that there's an international grace upon my life. Um, I have the ability to connect with people from all different backgrounds and cultures. I have friends from all over the world and I, I definitely think that that is a grace and I also believe that God has called me to hear from him and also to be his mouthpiece and um and so that's why I have a voice uh, for the nations. My name also means resurrection, which means to rise again. Um, so I know that God is going to use me to call dead things to come back to life. And so um, I thank God for his grace. Amen. All right, come back. <laughs> um, if I did have on a name tag, um, I, it would be to believe, to show others how to believe. Simply put, um, I really... My faith is like on an all-time high. Anybody who know me know that at the end of the day, I'm directing you back to the word. No matter what you're going through, it really doesn't matter. I show you how to connect with the power source, which is God, and literally win in every area of your life. It doesn't matter what you're going through, who not there. It, God's plan is still, still going to come to pass. So I just show others how to get with God, connect with him, and win. Amen. Amen. Preach, preach, preach. And I just love how no one up here put a title. Like, everyone said what they're going to be. And for me, mine says mind shifter because I speak things in a way that shift mindsets. And that's always what I've wanted to do um, because for me, I understand that growing up, if someone would have just spoke a word into me to shift the way I saw things in my perspective, then my whole life would have changed. But it changed exactly when he wanted it to change because of divine timing, of course. But people don't understand that. You're called to do certain things through certain things. So you could be called, like I'm called to mind shift, but I'm, the thing that I use to shift mindsets are books. And I, I speak and I write blogs and I you know do talk shows, <laughs> but everyone has a different lane. You can be a mind shifter and you could be a cashier at the same time. Like people, I love what Asia said, people think too much on titles, even what Carolyn said. It's not about the title. It's about what you're called to do. So now I just want to shift into how did you know, okay, God, this is my purpose. How, how did you know? When did it hit you? So I'll let Fallon start. <laughs> She's like, oh, no. So mine is just a little, probably a lot different from how theirs. Mine actually came from pain, really a deep, deep tragedy. Lost my husband to a car accident in 2016. And I just really found myself in this place. I knew that I was called to help women with health and fitness. Um, but my husband had prophesied over me um, about three years ago that you were going to be, he said, you're going to be a one-stop shop for women. You're going to help them with fitness, with fashion, and with their faith. And I was like, oh, babe, that's real cute. You know, you think really highly of me. You know, it's just your style. So you're like, okay, of course you're supposed to think, you know, think great things. But I didn't see it. All I saw was fitness, fitness, fitness. So after his accident, he passed in a car accident, so it was, you know, definitely life-changing. Like, blink of an eye, he was gone. And I remember I was just laying in the bed, and I had this moment that just crossed my mind. I was like, wait, if God didn't allow me and my son to be in that car, because we could have easily been in the car, then that, he has something more for us to do. So I really just became relentless about seeking God on why am I still here? Because when you go through something like that, well, for me, what went through my mind, I don't, wanna, I don't necessarily want to be here, you know. Mm -hmm. um, why, why am I still here? 
course I wanted to be here for my son and things like that, but it's like you don't really want to live. You just want to kind of just blend in. And, you know, God has called us to be set apart as his children. So I just said, okay, God, you know, what is it that you're calling me? Why am I still here? Like, what is it? And he just, it was this nudging in my spirit to do um, a Facebook Live. Now, this is when I like, now I like do Facebook Lives all the time. and I'm comfortable doing it. But back then, it was fairly new. I wasn't really comfortable in that space. And I was just like, that doesn't really make sense because he was telling me to do it on our anniversary, which was like a couple months after he passed. So I said, okay, I don't want to get on this Facebook Live and like melt in front of everybody. So I was like, this has to be the enemy. This can't be God. So I kind of just pushed it back, pushed it in the back of my mind. But you know how God is when he's leading you to do something. It'll just keep coming in your spirit. It wouldn't go away. So I remember telling my girlfriend, and I said, you know what? I remember sitting up in the bed. I said, okay, you want me to go live and do what? Like, I'm mad at this point. You want me to go live and you want me to do what? And he said, I just want you to share your love story. And I'm like, who want to hear that? Like, who want to hear our love story? But I was obedient because I knew it was the Holy Spirit telling me to do it. I was obedient. I went live on our anniversary. So I remember the day. I remember I got up. I got dressed. You know, of course, I was deep in grief, but I remember doing it like I'm honoring my husband. So I got up, got dressed, put on makeup, just like we would go to dinner. And I went on. I just went in front of this little ring light, and I just pressed play. I'm like, okay, God, use me. Because I had no clue, really, like, if I was going to fold and just melt in front of this, um, this phone. At the end of the broadcast, 24 hours later, 10,000 people had watched. It was over 100 people watching live. And I realized then that God had a message on the inside of me that he wanted to get out. And all I had to do was show up. And I've been showing up ever since. Hence, the slave ministry was born. That's how I figured out my purpose. Now, to kind of go back to what you were saying in the beginning when you first did your introduction, my husband and I were both ministering to singles separately before we met. So he, was, he had a, a um, back in the, way back in the day, this blog talk radio show where he was really promoting celibacy. And here I am, any one of my friends that come, come to me crying about relationships that failed and, you know, something that didn't work out, I'm like, girl, close your legs. Stop sleeping with them. You know, and I'm like, practice celibacy and you're going to get married. Now, of course, they didn't listen to me because I wasn't married. Didn't have any prospects in sight that quickly changed when I got the ring. Then everybody want to come get coached. But it's okay because it's an opportunity to, be, to minister, right? You know, but um, I just shared that to say that we were both ministering to singles separately. So when we came together, we both started doing it together. So when he transitioned, I just continued on with our ministry and kind of renamed it as the slave ministry. Such an awesome story. Such an awesome story. Hey, man. Um, I, I believe that um, in order for us to know our purpose, we have to connect ourselves to the purpose giver. And um, I've always had... Um, I've always had a bold personality and I've always been a leader, but um, I went through stages in my life where I was just totally dealing with my identity. Like my identity was, um, I was in a place where I had misplaced identity and um, I'm very vocal about my testimony, but for the sake of time, I'm not gonna go into the whole thing, but um, I was sexually abused at a young age and then that led me into a lifestyle of homosexuality. So the enemy had totally robbed me of my identity. And I realized that, um, and throughout this process, God began to deal with my heart. And I used to have these out-of-body experiences where I would ask myself, like, why am I here? Like, what is the purpose of life? I didn't understand, like, if people die, what is my purpose for being alive? So I knew I had a sense of purpose, but I didn't know exactly what that was. And so throughout this process, I began to connect myself um, with God. And I began to really really allow him to show me, as I was saying before, 
um, who he's called, he, who he's created me to be. And um, I think through that, God is narrowing it down and really showing me that he's called me to be a voice as I have spoken, and he's called me to reach people. And I realized that in order for something to be resurrected, as I said, my name means Asia to be resurrected, that it must first die. And I realized that I've had to die to a lot of stuff that I thought that I was. I had to die to a lot of stuff that I thought that I wanted. I had to die to a lot of, of my own will and my own desire so that I could begin to take on the heart of God to become who he's called me to be and do what he's called me to do. Preach, sister. Well, how do you follow that? <laughs> Um, our stories kind of all have a common thread. The way that I found out that being a carrier and defender of the word was my purpose is because it was the one thing I was afraid to do. Um, I had always dove into stuff head first. Anything I was big and bold enough to do, I did it to the 25th power. You know, I was out there bold in my iniquity. And I had went through a really traumatic breakup almost two years ago. And it really just put me on my behind. Like, I was laid out in the floor. I just didn't know what to do. Not because of the person necessarily, because it just really put me in a place where I just felt like, wow, you know, here I am back again with some traumatic experience. And I've been sexually assaulted before and, you know, been in abusive relationships before. And I'm like, God, what is it? And one of my friend's moms contacted me and she said, you know, you need to pray. You need to repent and you need to pray and you need to get down on the floor. And I got on my knees and pressed my face to the floor and I started praying. And I was praying that God would take away the pain that I was experiencing. And all sorts of stuff started to come out. And I realized that it wasn't about that relationship. That was just what God used to get my attention. And... Um, when I look back over my life and I, all the people that came to me and kind of say, you know, I, my sister or my cousin went through this or that and they didn't come out the way that you came out. And I realized that God had always been the common thread. Like he was the reason, his word was the reason. Like it's an open book test. That's why it's sitting right here beside me. I might be a little churchy today, but I bought the sword, amen? <laughs> and the reality is that the reason why I call myself a carrier of the word is because it, needed to be in me, but I'm a defender of the word because we live in a time where from the pulpit to the doors, people are straddling the fence. And I'm the type of person I needed black and white, literally the black and white breath on a page to transform my life. And I realized that the women I'm called to in prisons, you know, women that have been abused, women that have been assaulted, they need black and white. And I used to be offended when people would say, oh, she's so churchy or she's so holy, blah, blah, blah. I'm not joking. I play a lot. But at the end of the day, I am a defender of the word. And it doesn't mean that I don't love you if you're doing something that's kind of contrary. But I, as for me and my soul, I have to be not only a carrier, but a defender of the word. Because people will tell you anything, but you better know it for yourself. Amen. Preach, preach. Ah, that was beautiful because what anyone can see the commonality in all of these is, is pain. Um, pain usually takes you <laughs> to your purpose. And um, I guess it does that because, of course, if you know the, the purpose of Jesus, his purpose <laughs> was through pain. So if we are to be followers of Christ, we must go through pain in order to get to purpose. And... 
that ultimate purpose because that purpose that surpasses understanding that purpose that is not a title that doesn't say like okay I can be great you know in this this title I got this thing going on I'm popular with it but have you reached your purpose because too many people get it mistaken too many people think oh I'm living in this thing and I'm being I'm popular I'm good it's growing I've reached my purpose that doesn't mean you've reached your purpose how do you feel when you lay down at night do you feel like you've you've done something like that was bigger than you. If you put it down a day, could you still do it without getting paid for it? Like that's the type of stuff you have to think about. Because for me, I thought I found my purpose in 2014 when I found writing. I didn't realize I didn't find my purpose until last year as I'm sitting on this thing with y'all today. <laughs> because, you know, I found writing. But that was only a stepping stone in order to get me to my purpose. Because when I was writing at first, when Single Woman Chronicles was born, I really didn't know what I wanted the message to be. My message was kind of like everybody else's. Everybody else's message, it talks about F-boys, and it talks about how all guys aren't ish, and it talks about, you know, just the troubles and just the complaining that society does about and, and the blaming. But it didn't really address the issue. I didn't really start addressing the issue until, like, Sha'Carolyn, I went through a bad breakup and I had to press my face to the floor. And I had gone so far off track because in that relationship, I stopped talking to God. I completely turned my, way, my face away from God and was like, you know what, every time I talk to you, you telling me to leave him, you know I ain't going to leave him, so bye. And I was still going to church. Every Sunday, still tithing, not talking to God at all. Still Got on my face, I prayed. He was silent on me for like the first two months, but I was like, you know what? I'm not getting up till you bless me, so we here. And so after that, he just started purging everything inside of me, like everything. I never saw myself being celibate, ever in life. I'm like, you want me to be so who? <laughs> you tripping. <laughs> like, but now I'm sitting here a year and a half in, and I'm like Fallon telling everybody like, well, if you, you could just be celibate, but what do I know? <laughs> like, I'm just over here single and happy, it's cool. <laughs> You know, but it took that to get out of me what needed to be in. And then that shaped my message for being single because what the root of my being single was, I always hated being single. I hated being a single friend. I hated it so much. But then in that season where I was praying my face to the floor to God, I realized the reason you hate it is because there's some healing that needs to go on. And so many women need to be healed. And they don't understand that if you use your single season to heal yourself, you can be happy too. You, you can be just as happy and joyful as I am. And it just takes time and it's going to take that pain and you can discover it. And then when you have a purpose on the days where you don't feel like getting up, you get up. Sometimes you just got to force it. You just force yourself to get up because you have a purpose, because you have that grace that God gave you, because you have that peace without understanding. And people be looking at your situation like, bruh, how you, what? Huh? <laughs> but you, God did it. God, God did it. So, Carolyn, you said something that I know a lot of us go through. Um, you too churchy. You, you too, <laughs> you always talking about, you know, how do you guys deal with people like that? The naysayers, when they come at you about your calling, about your purpose, and even about stuff that you already know God promised you and hasn't manifested yet. I'll let Asia start. Um, I think for me, uh, it's my lifeline. Like, you know, when it truly becomes something that you're not just saying, 
but you're actually doing it and you realize like I can't just, you know, it's not just about me going to church and it ain't just about me knowing the strips, but I got to apply this stuff. And when, when you realize that, like, man, at the end of the day, all I have is God. Like, when everything is gone, when everybody's gone away, at the end of the day, all I have is God. And he's the one I have to depend on. He's the one I have to lean on. And his word is what I have to trust in. Um, part of my testimony was, like, you know, I had realized I had put everything first in my life outside of God. Like I had put relationships first. I had put people first. I had put family first. All of that had failed me at one point in time. And I was really at that place of like, man, I've never truly put God first in my life. Like going, like you said, I was going to church. I was churched all my life. My mom kept us in church and it was a form of religion. Like it was like a religious um, type of thing where it wasn't really about relationship. And so we know relationship very well when we're talking about being with a man or a man being with a woman. But at the end of the day, the most important relationship that we'll ever have is with God. And I believe that as we, we put God first and we allow that relationship to be the, um, the foundation of our lives, then it'll flow into everything that we do. So it's not just like, oh, you churchy, like uh, um, from this standpoint of this is an act that you're putting on. This is really, this is who I am. I live by this, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, this is my life, you know? So it's not just what I do, it's who I have become. So I think with that, um, that helps with um with with those comments but I do believe that we cannot be so um what what do they say we can't be so 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 church what is it we can't be so with no with no sure, heavenly bound that you ain't no earthly good <laughs> yes. yeah that we're no worldly good yes, you know yes, yes. I do believe that we have to be real you know Absolutely. and I think we have to understand that you know the struggle is real you know and we have to be relatable as well and so I think people are looking for that especially millennials in this time they're looking for people who are going to be real about the struggle and real about what they're going through and not just putting on a churchy facade as if you have it all together and as if you don't struggle, you don't have any issues. So I think as we, um, as we, as we grow and as we become transparent in that way, people are able to see like, you know, you, you, this is attainable. You can do this as well. You know, it's not that we're so far out of reach. We're so up here that we can't, you know, relate to, re, re, relate to the commoners or, you know, however people may think. <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, that's how I deal with it. Um, when you asked the question, I was sitting there pondering because I really didn't get a lot of pushback um, from people. What I don't get it anymore. Early on, when I first, you know, made the decision to rededicate my life to Christ, I did get a lot of pushback from my friends and you know, just people around saying, um, you know, you're too, like you said, too churchy. You know, all you're doing is talking about God. But see, when you start bearing that fruit, then they don't have anything to say. So it's kind of like when I started bearing the fruit. Nobody had anything to say. Then they like, tell me about this Jesus. Tell me about this God that you, tell me how, how you were able to connect with him and now you got this great job. Like, tell me how you were able to connect with him and now things in your life have completely turned around. How you done went from being single to a wife. How you went from making 30000 to, you know, close to six figures. Like, tell me about this guy. So it's kind of like, I didn't take, I wanted to really just show people and let my light shine. You know, our pastor teaches that we are believers, not debaters. We don't debate the word, okay? So it's like it's, it's like she said, it's black and white. So I didn't I didn't get into all that debate, and I just said, you know, this is the way I'm living my life. This is what I'm doing. And really, when the pushback came, I didn't argue with them. I just let the fruit show. So when the fruit showed up, then they want to know about God, and then it's just an opportunity to minister. So it's all full circle. Well, uh, 
I will bless the Lord at all times. <laughs> but the reality is that I don't have to argue Bible because I'm the proof. Amen. And I have been there, done that, you know. And so it's so interesting because I had a conversation with one of my friends um, from Candler. I'm at the Candler School of Theology. And we were talking about that very thing, about people, you know, thinking I was conservative and churchy. And he said, you know, when people don't know who they are in Christ, they will try to transfer their insecurities onto you. And one thing about it, and two things for sure, there was a time when people would have called me a whole lot of other things. So I don't mind being called <laughs> churchy. Amen. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't mind being called churchy. And the reality is that it's one of the best times of my life. It's one of the most important seasons of my life. And what I noticed is that when you're out there and you're doing whatever and just being reckless and lawless, like that's one of the things I really had to work on was my lawlessness because I can go from taking you to the king to knuck of you buck about the gospel for real, for real. Like I get real offended because I realize that there are people that are coming into our churches. There are people that are sitting in our pews that need real Christians. They need people that really know God, that really study the word, that are really turn them back to the word. And the reality is that it's an open book test that we just open the book. I ride with the word in the car. I got my little tiny Bible that I keep in my purse sometimes <laughs> because you just truly never know. And it's one thing to be a prayer, prayer warrior. I can pray heaven down. But at the end of the day, nothing matters but the word. Everything will pass away. Your relationships can pass away. Your husband could leave the house and not come back home. You know, your identity could be on the line. And at the end of the day, the one person that I realized that has always been with me that I never put first was God. But even in my wild phases, even in my iniquity, he still was there for me. Like I saw his hand on my life and I realized the power of prayer and a quick, quick piece of my story. I was sexually assaulted when I was 19 years old, you know, at gunpoint. My attacker left me for dead on the floor of my apartment. And the reality, I thank God to this day because he knew how my apartment was set up. And he knew that if he shot me, he wouldn't make it out the door. And so I guess his decision was to smother me instead. And so I was praying my last prayer, like, you know, okay, God, I'm going to die today. But the reality is while I was praying and had given up, I was still. And I was thinking about my mom and my family, and I thought about my nephew. He was about three at the time. And I was like, man, I don't want anybody to tell him that I'm dead. And I said, God, if it's in your will to save my life, please save me. And in the stillness of a prayer, my attacker thought I was already gone before I was. And so in that moment, I learned about the power of prayer. And then you learn about the power of God. And people always say all things work together for the good and this and that. But I asked God, you know, why? Why me? Why me? Why me? It's because now when I walk into a room, sometimes I don't have to say anything if my testimony has gone before me because there are so many women that have been through what I went through that are struggling to get up out of the bed and I'm popping up like, thank you, God, for another day. And so sometimes we realize that the things, our why God moments are the very moments that will prepare us and make us carriers and defenders, you know, that'll make us a voice to the nation, that'll make us wake up and pray, slay, get it in, you know? <laughs> and so I don't mind. I don't mind the title. That's dope, that's dope. Um, I'm a little, I think I'm a little different because I'm in transition. So like I'm, I'm in the point um, 
where my transition has happened like so quickly, so lightning fast. Like I don't even sometimes I wake up like, it's 2018. Didn't I do that in 2017? Dang, that was twenty. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, so I, so much change has gone on this year because um, you're talking to someone. I didn't grow up in church. Um, my mom is an interesting person. She she used to say people used to tell her to go to hell. She'd be like, somebody gotta go. <laughs> and I'm like, oh okay. And so, <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, all right. But she just she got church hurt. She grew up in church, you know. Um, so she got church hurt. So I didn't grow up in church. I really didn't start going to church consistently until I was like 24. Um, really didn't start following Christ until last year, honestly. So right now I'm in this change point where he's purging everything and I'm dying to a lot of stuff like Asia said. So, you know, I used to go out all the time. I don't go out anymore. You know, the celibacy was first. And then I used to cuss a lot. I don't cuss anymore. Oh, I used to um, drink. I haven't drank in six months. Um, I used to go out on dates a lot, just random people. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> like, so it's just like all of this stuff that has changed me and What's happening isn't that people are calling me churchy, but people are distancing themselves from me because I'm not doing the things that they do. And honestly, I have to, in order for me to die every day to that stuff, I can't do that stuff. So I have to constantly tell people, no, I can't go to that party. I can't, I can't go to that hookah lounge. I can't do that. I can't do this and that. And, you know, sometimes I do wake up like, who are you? Who am I? And then, you know, I was reminded that I'm chosen by God. And when you are chosen, you are set apart. And when you are set apart, you can't do what other people do because your calling is too great of a call. You know, sometimes when a lot of people are called, and God has told this to a lot of people because honestly, one day God came to me and he said, I am not playing with you no more. He said, I'm not playing with you. You gonna stop drinking. You gonna stop cussing. You gonna stop going out. You gonna stop talking to randoms. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Because I knew he was serious. Because when he get in the moments, he go back to Old Testament Jesus. And I'm really not, like, Old Testament God, I'm not, I'm really not, I'm really not trying to get punished like the people of Exodus. I'm, re, you know, I'm not really trying to get punished like David. I'm really not trying to get punished like that. I really want the grace that Jesus died on the cross for. So I'm just going to walk in what he said and I'm going to obey. But it's tough. So anybody who's going through that season where they feel like, you know, God is punishing them, quote unquote, he's not punishing you. When you're, for much is given, much is required. So if your calling is great, if you're going through a lot, honestly, start thanking God. Like, thank you, Jesus. I'm going through a lot. That means this promise about to be lit. <laughs> like, see it as that. Like, stop looking at it. That's why I'm about mind shifting. You have to shift your perspective because your perspective is your reality. You must understand. You can literally, you can be like Sha'Carolyn and wake up. You know, a lot of people would have sat in that pain for a long time and been like, oh, he almost killed me. Oh my God, I got sexually assaulted. Oh my God, you know, I don't want to be anymore. I don't want to live anymore. Even with Fallon's situation, honestly, I don't see how you do it. Like you sitting up here, you slaying, you go, you're beautiful, honey. <laughs> like, you know, a lot of people would have tried to take their lives, but you have these women, even you, you were sexually assaulted. You have these women who are sitting up here and they're like, praise God, you brought me through it. If you look at it like that, 
then that's how you're going to perceive your life and your greatness because you see what came after that greatness. You see what came after Christ died and was resurrected. So you can't die in that moment. You have to live after that moment. So one thing I want to ask because, you know, we do live in a society that challenges God and if he's real or not. Like, we all live in that society where people... I. A guy blocked me the other day, y'all, because <laughs> I posted something on Lecrae. I reposted something about Lecrae, and he was saying, you know, we're all Christians, but we all fall. But, you know, we can still, because of the grace of God, you know, we're great. And he was like, we ain't Christians. Jesus wasn't even a Christian. And I'm like, sir, I'm not about to uh, get into this conversation with you. But we have a lot of that, you know, combative moments. So can you name one moment in your life where you like, okay, I know God is real after that. Like, like, it was just a moment that was quick. It don't even have to be, like, a huge moment, but you just knew in that moment, like, okay, he's a miracle worker. He's good. Okay, he's God. Oh, man. Um, that's good because I believe that um, what I thought about, what my mind went to is that it started with me with a try, right? You know, my life, when I first gave my life to Christ, I said, I'm going to try this thing out. Mm -hmm. And through that trying, I mean, I look at, and as you say, like, who, you know, you wake up and, and at times I don't even remember, like, all the stuff that God has brought me through. And so it's just kind of like, um, I know it was God. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it, it wasn't me. It wasn't my decision. It was my obedience, but it was God doing the transforming. It was God renewing my mind, you know, to take someone even as, you know, I, I clubbed and I did all this stuff, stuff that I thought I couldn't live without, you get what I'm saying? And, and I'm living and I'm breathing, you know? And so that's God. Like, that is an act of God. But I think we're living, like you said, in a society where, where now people are putting their culture above God. And so that's the conflict that we're seeing, that people are questioning Christianity. They're questioning, questioning Jesus, and they're putting their culture above their relationship with God. And so what, I, what, I, what I've come to know is that, you know, I believe that if you will— if you will apply the word of God, you can see God for yourself. You know what I'm saying? I believe that everybody needs to encounter. I mean, I can sit up here and tell you all day about what God has done for me and how he has, has been and what he's been for me and what he's done for me. But until you encounter God for yourself, until you seek after him for yourself, the Bible talks about, you know, if you, if you seek him with all of your heart, with all of your mind, come on, you're going to find, you're going to bring out that, bring out that sword <laughs> that he shall be found, that you're going to find him. And so I think that if people begin to really seek him out and really begin to apply the word to the life, they can encounter God in that way but I think that goes back to relationship and I can just talk about times that I've heard God speak to me and then I'm like dang then it manifests and I'm like oh that was God you get what I'm saying like or you know I'll have encounters where you know God will show me something he'll ponder my heart about something and then you know it'll manifest before me so those are that relationship piece that communication with him hearing from him and talking to him you know on a day-to-day -day basis you can encounter God you know what I'm saying it doesn't have to be like this one thing I think that God we should live in a place of encounter i believe that every day we should be encountering god so amen oh, okay <laughs> she in the word she, she's <laughs> uh, um i have two moments that i well of course my whole like this whole season um that i'm in god has really shown up and i just know that he's real but when you asked the question the first thing that came to mind was um when i first um uh, start praying in tongues like, I remember it was just like an out-of-body experience. And I remember literally what went through my mind was, Jesus, like, God, you're real. Because 
I'm like, how am I even doing this? How am I even saying this? I mean, it just kind of threw me on. The, I mean, I was just all over my apartment. I remember my dog was just looking at me like, you know, <laughs> I was single. I didn't have any kids yet. So I was just sitting there like, that just really happened. And it seemed like it was forever. Um, but I'm sure it was probably like some minutes. But I remember then knowing that God was real because I had went down. I had, you know, um, just accepted Jesus, you know, as my Lord and personal Savior. And I got the evidence of speaking in tongue and all that stuff. But I wasn't going to fake it. Like, I wasn't going to be over here saying these syllables and all this stuff. And, you know, I was like, I'm not going to do that, you know. So, but when it came on me and it was real, I was like, okay, God, <laughs> you, you, are, you are everything. So, I remember that moment for me was when God really became real to me. That was just a moment. And then um, another moment was when I was um, working in Macon, Georgia, and I was living here in Atlanta. I was commuting, and somebody mentioned to me, and they, you know how some people get in your ear, oh, they treating you like a slave, you know, you, you, you over there paying their car note a day working, you know, paying their, paying their car off, like making it seem like they were like getting all this work out of me, and I wasn't really getting paid for it. So one of my coworkers like hyped me up to go to my boss and ask for this huge raise, okay? And... And I remember that our pastor had us um, saying, all the works of my hands are blessed for 30 days. I was like day two in, and he didn't get in my ear and told me this. <laughs> so I remember driving to Macon, praying in tongues. I'm just like, okay, Lord, okay, Lord. I'm just trying to build myself up. Like, okay, I'm about to go in. I'm about to, I'm about to do this. And I remember sitting down at my annual review, and I heard them speaking, but it kind of was like jumbo because I was sitting there like, just hurry up and say what you, because I'm about to lay it on you. Like, I'm getting ready to ask you this. But we serve a God that's so awesome because before I could even open my mouth, they offered me the $25,000 raise that I was getting ready to ask them because we serve a God that goes before us. So I was like, okay, God, you are real. Like, I didn't even have to open my mouth, so you already went before me. Gave them the exact amount. I was literally about to say, I want a $25,000 raise. And it was effective on my next check. So God became real to me. I'm like, okay, I don't even have to open my mouth and you will go before me. Amen. I can testify to the speaking in tongues. When you talked about that, I was like, man, I prayed to speak in tongues. Like after I got baptized, I was like, oh, I want to speak in tongues. And I didn't want to fake it, like you said. And I used to try to make myself speak in tongues. I couldn't. It would just be like gibberish. And I was like, oh, I want to speak. And I remember being in a service and I heard the Holy Spirit say, open up your mouth. And when I opened up my mouth, those tongues began to flow. And I, I knew that was God. So I, 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 really, I can testify to that. Come on, sister Shakira. My Lord. Um, I knew God was real this past weekend. I always knew, but this past weekend was major. Um, I went to Florida. I was invited to come and speak at a Baptist family empowerment scenario. Congratulations. Um, I did a and some, some other speaking, and my mentors be like, it's preaching. Don't call it speaking. <laughs> hey, girl. Um, and that was when I really knew, like, wow, you know, God is real. Um, even on this journey, I've been on consecration now for almost 365 days. The Lord woke me up on a Thursday morning at 2.36 and said, consecrate yourself. Be serious about being a good steward. Learn more about me. And don't date. And got big when I said no dating because you know that's a huge thing and it was so interesting because when I started this a little less than 365 days ago I wasn't trying to be nobody's minister nobody's pastor I was jogging away from the call and <laughs> I was jogging amen and even with me going to Candler and being a seminarian you know as I sit here I wasn't interested in that 
And I say, you know, the women I work with, I want to do right by them. And I need to be able to rightly divide the word and know what I'm talking about and be able to exegete the text. So I'm going to Candler. And when I got in Candler, I gave God my yes, and it totally transformed. And I love my pastor. Hey, pastor, if you're watching, hey. Eldrin Morrison, that's, that's my homie. Um, and my pastor would always say, you know, you're a preacher, you're a preacher. I think he was looking at my churchy Instagram post, amen. <laughs> and I was like, whatever. And then I had to go back like, pastor, would you sign my recommendation for Candler? And he kind of was tickled. And now um, I went to church on Sunday after flying back in from my speaking engagement. And he was like, well, hey, preacher. You know, he's just tickled pink. But the reality is that when he laughs, I'm laughing harder because he sees who I am today. He doesn't know all the things that I came through and all the things I had to come over. And so that's kind of really when I knew God was real because the moment I submitted my plans to him, that was when he really, really started to move. Like I had always been favored, thank the Lord. Even in my, in, even when I was buried deep in my sin, I had always been favored by the Lord. But when I gave him my plans, and that's why I pulled up this scripture, um, Proverbs 16, 2, 3, and 4. All a person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs motives. Commit your activities to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has prepared everything for his purpose. And when I used to see young ministers and young preachers, I'm looking at them like, whatever, because they be like, I knew I was going to be a preacher. I've been preaching in the gospel since I was six, <laughs> and I know all, I know how to exegete the text, and I know all the polity of the church, and I'm sitting there like, listen, I don't really know all that, but I know the Lord, and I was like, I don't want to be that. I do not want to be that, but when I gave God my yes, he transformed my life, and I'm so thankful for it. That was when I really, really knew God was real because every single thing that I had been through in my life culminated in that one mic this weekend. That's dope. I was going to say a lot, uh, um, a, a lot are appointed, but not many are anointed. Remember that because <laughs> there's so many people I hear in the pulpit that need to be in the pews because <laughs> they need to sit on down for real, for real. But um, for me, I, I'm... I've had a lot of moments as well. Although, like, I hadn't been going to church consistently um, until I was 24. I always knew God was real. God has actually always spoke to me. Like, I hear him um, verbally. So, it's it's been a great ride. And even when I wasn't a follower completely, he al always had his grace. And I'm thankful for that because it's been times where he saved my life. And it's been times where, you know, I asked him to bless me in certain seasons. And he blessed me. And I'm like... Thinking back on it, I'm like, dang, I didn't deserve that. It's been so many moments where I didn't deserve his grace because I was so disobedient. I was hard-headed. I did not deserve his grace, but he gave it to me anyway. And it's just like so many moments. Like people look at my situations because I have the power. Um, I have a lot of power in my tongue. Like I can really speak things. Like if I speak something and believe it, it will happen. And and that's real. Like um, I remember last I think last summer or so, um, I was like in between. I'm, I was still in my entrepreneur phase, but um, well, it's a lifestyle now. But I was still being my entrepreneur. But I, you know, anybody who's an entrepreneur knows sometimes you get you get a little broke, and so. <laughs> 
my savings account. My savings account was like, ah, oh, yeah, we ain't got your rent this month, baby. And I'm like, ooh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I'm praying to God, like, all right, Jesus, what we going to do? And so I literally, rent was doing like two weeks. I didn't have a job, didn't have nobody calling me back or nothing like that. So I went to church, and he was preaching and stuff. And my spirit just said, you're going to get a job this week. You're going to get something that's going to pay your rent. And I said, all right, I'm going to get a job this week. So I got my friends, you know, that week. They asking me, so Ash, what you going to do? Like, what are you going to do about your rent? Oh, I'm going to get a job this week. Okay. And then they asking, I told you what's going to happen. I'm going to get a job this week. Wednesday, I got a job that week. I'm not about to play with y'all. <laughs> I told y'all what was about to happen. So it's been so many moments like that in my life. And even, like, answer prayers. Like, you know, I would pray to God, like, God, I want to be a full-time entrepreneur. And he like, all right. It don't happen how we think it's going to happen. <laughs> it don't ever happen how we think it's going to happen. Now I'm sitting here today with you. I'm a full-time entrepreneur. I ain't punched the clock in over a year. But it didn't happen how I thought it was going to happen. And I think a lot of the times people lose sight of who God is because they're waiting on him to manifest something how they planned on it. But like that scripture says, he will make your plans. You don't make your plans. You follow his plans. And that's the issue with a lot of people. So the common thing everyone is saying is God, 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 God. See, what people don't understand is the reason many have not found their purpose because they have not centered themselves into God into the source. They have not invested time into the source, invested time into the relationship. And we've talked a lot about relationship. And so I always tell people, you know, when they say, oh, I don't like Christianity, you know, y'all too religious, y'all too this, y'all too that. And I always say, well, do you have a relationship with God? Do, do you have a relationship with God where you talk to God? Because I had a relationship before I had a church home. See, people have to understand this. So I want you guys to talk about the difference between having a relationship with God and just being a Christian. Because there, there's a difference. Anybody want to start? You can start. <laughs> um, so my church home is the great Shaw Temple AME Zion Church, and I love it. Um, but my relationship with God is something that's very personal to me. Um, it's those moments where I can see God's hand in my life. It's those moments where God speaks to me clearly, and I know that it's him because when I am obedient to him, <laughs> it always manifests in the proper way. Like, it's always right what I need, right on time. And as I was flying back on Sunday, I was open in the book of Titus and really just praying, like, Lord, really, you want me to preach? Really? Really, God, you sure? And so I was, you know, really concerned about some things and just moving forward in the call. And I got a phone call last night from one of my good friends I met about eight years ago. You know, we were both in the AME church and, you know, he's always been a good friend and he's a pastor. And he asked me one question that swung the door open on everything I talked to God about on that plane. And that's relationship because God is persistent. He's the God who speaks and he knows how we hear him. He knows exactly what we need, what kind of confirmation we need. And I had kind of heard bits and pieces of my brother's words to me from the mouths of others, but it mattered that it came from him because he was somebody that I knew had my best interest at heart. And that was what was most important. And the Lord knew that I needed somebody that I can talk to 
that I could trust that was going to confirm and also help me to push forward. And the last thing he said to me was, you know, if you need anything, you give me a call. And I think it's so important for people that are in relationship with God to be in relationship with others that are in relationship with God because it's just it's just that good thing. It's that momentum that you keep keep it pushing forward. And as far as my church, having a church home is a very different thing than my relationship with God. But what I find is that my relationship with the women and the men that I'm in relationship with in my church is a plus for me because God has sent me people that speak to me the way I need to be spoken to, that love me the way I need to be loved. You know, he sends me the Nucky If You Buck Saints that's like, nah, we're not doing that in the name of Jesus. Amen. And <laughs> they're okay with me being me. And I think that is what's most important. And that's the difference between just having a church home because I know they got me and they're going to be there for me and they're going to encourage me when I'm down. But my relationship with God, like he is the source, like jobs are a source. God is the resource. And he has just permeated every area of my life. And that's why relationship with him is most important. Because when a person comes and tells you something that don't line up with the word or something that's not quite right, the Lord will speak to you like, nah, sis, nah, that ain't what I said. That's the difference with relationship. Yeah. It's those struts that keep you in line. Amen. Amen. Who's next? Who's next? Um. Uh, I, I piggyback on what she said. I believe that um, that co- who you're connected to is extremely important. And um, being connected to other believers and other people in the body of Christ is extremely important. And I, I just, I wouldn't be where I am today had I not connected to the church that I'm at right now. So I, I honor my pastor, um, my first lady. Um, I'm part of the Hand of the Lord International. And I, I was brought up in a very religious arena. And when I got there, they began to teach me sound doctrine. And they began to show me how to have a relationship with God and what it looks like. And, um, and through the teaching and me learning more about God and, and me hearing the word and studying the word for myself, that strengthened my relationship with God. So I believe that... Um, Sometimes it's harder for people to have a relationship with God because it's kind of like you can't see him, you know, um, and, and, and it's not like us sitting here and us congregating, us having a conversation. And so a lot of times people shy away from that relationship with God because they're, they're more comfortable with having a relationship with someone that they can touch, they can hear, they can feel, that, that type of thing. And so I believe that, you know, going back to our faith in God and um, our, our seeking after God, the Bible talks about how without faith it's impossible um, to please him and how it's through faith we establish that relationship. So you can't have a relationship with a God that you don't believe, right? So you got to believe in God first in order to establish that relationship with him. And so, um, so I think that area of faith, and as I began to um, draw closer to him, the Bible says that he would draw closer to me. Um, and so through my drawing closer to him in his word and, and, and obeying his word, he began to draw closer to me and began to reveal things to me. I think a lot of times we want the re- revelation of God, of all that we're called to be and all we're called to do, but we don't want to give anything. We don't want to do anything. We don't want we don't we don't want to give anything. We won't do anything. But as, I, as we draw closer to him, he will begin to reveal things. 
things. And I believe that as we continue to walk, it's stuff right now we don't know. You get what I'm saying? Like, we just know in part. We know in part and we operate in part, but it's more God wants to reveal to us. And it's dependent upon us because I always say God is not going to force us, right? He's not a God that's going to force us into relationship with him. He's a gentleman. Right. He's a gentleman. And we got to want him. You get what I'm saying? We got to want him. We got to want his word. We got to want his will. We got to want his way. And when we want that, when we desire that, we make that our heart posture towards God, he'll begin to show us and reveal to us more of our purpose. So I believe in that place of relationship. God has been really, and I don't mean, I don't want to be long-winded, but he's been really dealing with me from this place of value, right? And how value and purpose is connected because a lot of times we make decisions because we don't know our value. We don't know our worth. I like these shirts. Worth it. We don't we don't understand our importance. And when we look at the gospel of Jesus Christ, the first thing he does is affirm our value. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What does that show? I'm valuable. God loved me so much that he sent his son to die for me. Like I have value. I have importance. I have there's, there's a reason that I'm here. So my value points me towards the, the purpose of God for my life and so when we understand our value we under we understand we more understand our purpose and what God has called us to do but none of that is going to happen without relationship and we're not going to get to who we're called to be and what we're called to do without being connected to the creator and not being connected to God and what people would do is they'll begin to try to to attain the purposes of God without wanting God. And you can't do that, right? Because you'll end up in a messed up situation. Like, it, it may be God's purpose for you to get married, right? It's his purpose for you to get married. You get married without God, and now you have a chaotic marriage. Is it that God didn't want you to get married? No, he, his purpose is, may have been for you to get married, but because you wanted marriage without God, now you're in a place of perversion, and it's not what you thought it would be because you didn't do it the way God purposed for it to be done and so I think a lot of times we have to go back to that relationship with God because in that relationship we understand God's will God's way right we understand his purpose the way he wants it to be done and so um a uh, relationship is big for me I need God and I'm realizing even more I have I, I've lived a life where I was so self-willed and I can make I can make something happen you get what I'm saying oh. I can I can I can, I can manipulate <laughs> some stuff and make it happen but I'm learning to wait on God and not be presumptuous and self-willed Preach. and get myself into situations that I need God to get me out of you know <laughs> So it's I'm, I'm telling you, uh, a relationship is everything for me. Listen, drop that mic, girl. Walk away. <laughs> what a collection plate. <laughs> she need the she need the collection plate right now. She drop that mic and walk away. All right, Fallon. <laughs> exactly. Close out right here. But um, I, I when I when I heard you ask the question about relationship and church. So when I was in the world, I just went to church, mm-hmm. right? So I just went to church. Nothing was, and I, I always go back to I, was, I wasn't bearing that fruit. So I wasn't bearing the fruit. Like, I, I didn't have the results in my life. Nothing was really lining up because I wasn't really in my word. I just, it was kind of a religious act. I would just go to church on Sunday because it's the thing to do, just to go to church, right? So when I started going to my church, World Changers, he started talking about, and all that getting, get understanding. <laughs> So I was like, okay, so I can actually read this scripture and understand it and apply it and start to get results. That's where the relationship comes. Mm -hmm. 
Then God can speak to you. He can lead you. He can guide you. He can show you what he needs you to do. He can get some things to you when you have a relationship with him. So I know, I mean, in the past, I wasn't able to really hear from him because I didn't really have that relationship with him. So for me, that's how I look at it. Like just going to church, kind of, you know, dropping the offering in the offering bucket, going home and your life not changing and you still doing the same things and nothing is lining up right, nothing is kind of going right versus when you kind of get a relationship with him, everything is lining up, everything is doing right. Not to say that you're not going to have trouble and tribulation and things like that, but when I tell you, you you're not going gonna to come out without the smell of smoke because that's the way that God do things. And I've kind of been on both sides of it now that I have a relationship with him. I see how amazing it is to really be able to hear from him. It's phenomenal when you have a a real, true, authentic relationship with him. He literally will give you specific instructions. Go here. Do this. Do that. That's my whole, that's literally like the testament of my entire life right now. I'm like, God, I can't move without you. I need you every second, every minute, every hour. I literally need you to give me a download. Show me what to do. When you have a relationship with God, you can get a download from him. You don't have to go to your friend and say, what should I do? How should I do this? God literally has this thing already laid out. And as you get with him and you seek him from James 1 and 5, he said, if any man lacks wisdom to ask him, he gives it freely. One translation says liberally without reproach. So that's, that's a scripture that I hang on to. He says, seek wisdom. It's the principal thing. So I always go and say, God, show me what it is that you need me to do. That's, you get those things when you have a relationship with him. Amen. Amen. Everybody just did. Just, just, just preach. Just, Lord, I just want to do it. I just want to run around a building three times. <laughs> I wish I had a praise team, Lord. <laughs> just, a little, just a little boy singing next to me. Something <laughs> so I can show. But, yeah, that was, that was beautiful. That was so beautiful. Um, I, everyone named their church. I guess I'll name mine. Elizabeth Baptist Church, Craig L. Oliver. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> um, yes. One um, way he explained it, and I love the way he explained it because I started to look at it like this. He said um, one day he went to the store and his son wanted something. And he told him, you know, you, you out of line because Christmas like right around the corner. I'm not getting you that, but we may see about it for Christmas. He said his son jumped up and was like, yes. And what it hit him, he said, because of what I said to him, because I'm his father, he trusts me that much that he's not angry anymore that I told him no. I just said not right now. He trusts me that much because I'm his father. God is our father. If we looked at our relationship with God like we look at it with anybody else, it would be so much easier for everybody to build a relationship with God. So much easier because we look at it because, like Asia said, we can't see him. It doesn't matter. If you believe in him, seek a relationship like you would seek a relationship with a girl you just met and you really like her or a man you just met and you really like them. You're going to call him every day. How you call Jesus? How you call God? You get on your knees, you pray. You don't even have to get on your knees and pray. You can be driving in your car like, God, I need you right now. I, I need you right now. You can write. If you don't feel like saying it out loud, you can write it. You can say, like, just talk. Just start talking. Like, what? I forgot the name of the guy, but I listened to his thing. He always say, people speak Christianese too much, and they try to tell you that you need to speak it in order to connect with God, but you don't. God don't want none of that. He know how you really talk. <laughs> like You can really go to God talking how you talk. Like, for real, for real. And, and it's cool. I can talk to God like, you know what, God? This, you're tripping today. Like, I don't know. What, what was that? <laughs> what was that? And you can talk to him like you talk to anybody else. And I think people get it so messed up. 
because they go to church and they see religion all the time and it's thrown in their face. And that's the difference. Like you said, the relationship is different. I knew I had a relationship with God when I felt the Holy Spirit in my living room. When I felt the Holy Spirit in my living room, y'all, I thought I'd arrived. I said, oh, I made it. Oh, I made it today. Holy Spirit in my living room. (laughs) You don't have to go to church to get God. Stop thinking you got to go to church to get God. Yes, this scripture says we are to commune together as one. But at the same time, no, you do not have to go to church to get God. You can get God in your living room reading your Bible. You can get God praying. You can get God listening to a gospel song on the way to, to your job. So that's what people have to understand. So we've established this. And, you know, people probably be watching. You know, these people probably like, I thought I was watching Find Out How to Find My Purpose. <laughs> But we telling you how to find your purpose. You won't get to your purpose until you get to God. You cannot skip God and find your purpose. You cannot. Stop thinking you can. You can't. So what advice would you give to people who are lost right now? They, they've never followed Christ or they've been in and out or maybe they've been church hurt. And they're just like, I don't want to do it. Or maybe it seems too hard for them because they see, you know, the world is telling them, oh, no, I can. You can still be successful, you know, and not have God. But then you see how that's working because we got rich people killing themselves every week. So you can't attach it to how it looks. You can't attach it to the status. You got to attach it to the peace. So what advice would you give someone today who really wants to get God because they really want to find their purpose? Um. I want to say this because as you were as you was talking, my mind was just uh, going um, with our relationship with God. We cannot leave out repentance. OK, um, because when we are living in a state of sin, the Bible says that sin separates us from God. And when we come to God, it's not just about believing in him, but it's about saying, I believe in you to the point that I'm going to apply what your word says concerning my life. And so there must be a state of repentance. And repentance basically means a change of mind and a turning away from. And so it's like me trying to have a relationship with you, but I'm constantly doing things to violate you. And that's what a lot of times people, the Bible also talks about, you know, your sins and iniquities have separated from you, your, from you from your God, and he does not hear you. So a lot of times people are praying, but their prayers are, their prayers are not getting through because of their lifestyle, right? We, ca- we have to get to the place where we're going to put God first. And one thing that I had to do when I gave my life to Christ, I had to turn away from some things that I was doing that I knew wasn't pleasing to God. And so what people want to do is they want to have a relationship. They want the benefits of the relationship, but they don't want to change anything in their lives. And so there has to be a place where you say, I'm going to put God first and I'm going to turn away from the things that I know that's not pleasing to God in order for me to have this relationship. Because even that relationship, it doesn't mean that God and, and people kind of separate this with, okay, they think that it doesn't mean that God does not love them because of the fact that that he's, he, he can't commune in a place of sin, but it's, it's him saying not just that I want you to, because I think a lot of times when people think about the gospel, they believe that the gospel is that Jesus died for my sins, which is, which is the part A of it. But not only did he die for our sins, he died to liberate us from sin. So there's a B part of that. He doesn't want you to stay in that place. And as you was talking about God and the, and the example that you use as father, 
I think that's phenomenal because we see God as just this big God in the front, and we don't we don't bring him down and make him personal as my father. And when I really begin to understand that he's my father, I understand that I'm his daughter and that he loves me and that everything that he says in his word is for my benefit. He's not he doesn't tell us not to do things to control us, but because he has our best interests at heart. And the more I walk with God, the more I understand this, why he told me no. Like I think about you all been talking about relationships and I said, man, God told me from the beginning, from off jump, don't 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 mess with that. You know what I'm saying? But but because of my own hard headedness and because of my my feelings and my emotions and what I want, I'm gonna Amen. I'm gonna I'm, I'm not gonna do what God has has told me to do. And now I've allowed my flesh to get me in something that now I need my faith to pull me out of. And I thank God for what you all were talking about as far as heartbreak because. I went through this this situation not that long ago. I, w- I want to say within the last year, last year and a half, and God was really showing me, like, I allowed your heart to break to show you that your heart wasn't in the right place in the first place. And God will take you through things. He will allow you, 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 you so fixed on having what you want when you want it. He'll let you have it. But you'll have to come right back to him to get liberated from it. You know what I'm saying? So, so we... So that relationship piece is so good because I realized, like, man, I got to go back to the source. I have to go back to God, and I have to put him forward. We'll make, we'll make changes and sacrifices in our life to get with a man. People will switch up. They'll change their hair. The guy say he don't like this, he don't like this. You'll make them changes for that, for that man. You'll, you'll lose sleep for that you'll man. You'll lose sleep on. You'll dry your gas out for dry that man. Dry your gas out. You'll stay up late, lose. You'll stay put your late. phone on your chest what? for that man. What? But the man of God, you won't even open your Bible up. Won't even open your Bible. Won't even pray. You'll make sacrifices to be in a relationship with a human. <laughs> but when it turns out and God says, hey, you know what? It's crazy because I went through something. I was like, oh, I couldn't eat. Like, I was so sick. I was so heartbroken. I couldn't eat for a week. And I said, how in the world am I ever going to say I can't fast? <laughs> if I can lose, if I can go through something that will cause me not to eat for a week, I can fast. <laughs> do, you, do you hear me? I can fast. I can go without food. I can get. I can consecrate myself before God. If I let another human bring me to a place where I don't want to eat, what my little I, I'm saying when I say I have fasted this year more than I have my entire life. Right? Because I realize, man, I want to be closer to God. I want to know his will for my life. I realize he has my best interest in his heart. He loves me. No other person in the world is going to love me like he loves me. Amen. She can drop the mic again. She's just out here, pre- <laughs> out here preaching. Just, you just had a bucket. Of just, girl, Why you better say. <laughs> Come on, preacher. Girl, you better say. Let me go ahead it. and do the offertory prayer. Let me go oh, ahead and cash us out in the name of Jesus. Somebody going to start speaking uh, in tongue. Hey. Um. My best advice to a person that is lost right now that doesn't know Jesus Christ, um, definitely repent because it's just so much easier where you could just say, God, you know, I did it. I'm guilty. My bad. You know, go ahead and repent. But um, find yourself in the word. And that's why my Bible is open to Acts, the 28th (laughs) chapter. Amen. Um, Because that's when Paul landed on the shore of Malta and he was on his way to Rome to face trial and 
was on a ship that essentially crashed up and, Mm -hmm. you know, but the Lord had told them that no lives will be lost. And what I realized about my life is after all that tossing and, you know, all the things that I went through, sometimes I get to the shore of Malta and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be good this time. And a snake still jumps up and bites me. But um, what he did was tossed it right into the fire. And people thought that he would die. You know, they said, oh, he's been bit by a snake. He's going to die, yada, yada. He tossed that thing into the fire and lived. And that taught me a valuable lesson because maybe that's what God wants from me. He wants me to be able to survive on the shore of Malta and to not give up because I was one of those people where if something additional happened to me, I relived everything. And that was so important. And you also have to um, be careful what you allow people to call you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we can't move forward in God because we keep looking back over our shoulder about, well, you know, I used to be this or I used to be that. People used to call me this. People used to call me that. And I love the story of Rahab because, you know, she was the prostitute Mm -hmm. that helped the um, Israelite spies. But what was interesting about her is that people said she was a prostitute. And people always say that, like, you know, it's a prostitute in the lineage of Jesus, so he can use anybody. But scholars are starting to debate whether or not she was truly a prostitute because the Hebrew that was used to describe her was that word could be translated in two different words, two different ways. And what they're thinking is that she actually was an innkeeper. So where people were calling her a prostitute, and that has been carried down for years, now we think she might have been an entrepreneur back in the biblical <laughs> days she was a Lydia wow. and not a prostitute and that's why you be able to be careful what you let people call you and I'm real serious about that because like I said you know the Lord's still working on me I get offended sometimes like about the things of God and I realize that I live on the shore of Malta and it doesn't matter what anybody does or says to me and in fact I tell people all the time you need to be careful what you say about the woman of God because what I realize is that when I close my mouth the Lord will fight for me and I mean my tongue used to be sharp as a sword I would cut you down I wanted to see you bleed and that was one of the things that the word of God helped me to get past because I realized that if I'm sitting over here cutting somebody down I'm not about my father's business and that's a problem for me so repent find yourself in the word and be careful what you allow people to call you and one of the things I'm so thankful God worked with me on during this consecration was my lawlessness because I didn't like being told what to do I don't like people trying to manipulate me I don't like people trying to push me in a corner I used to get bullied and so I don't like bullying and when I see bullying in the church I'm just like why Why? People in here trying to get saved, people trying to get free, people trying to get healed. But what I realized is that we are all in need of a savior. And sometimes when you see people in those types of settings trying to control people and bullying people, you realize that there's something going on at home that's way beyond you. And the only thing you can truly do is pray for them, because I truly believe that you don't love a person if you don't tell them the truth. But sometimes I have to bite my tongue because I might not be the person that needs to bring that truth forward. You got to really trust God, the same God that we always like, you know, all things work together. And, you know, but what what are you really living out the scripture? We quote a lot of things, but do we really believe it? Do you really believe that God is your strong tower, that he will fight for you? Do you really believe that if you just be silent, do you really believe that vengeance belongs to him? So those are things that I had to learn. I had to not only learn to believe God, but to believe his word as well. So if you're lost, it's an open book test. I promise you, you can pass it if you just open the book. Amen. Amen. 
Hey, man, it was good. Um, what I would say to that person is, I just dare you to give him a try. Mm. Everything that you have, every, all your mess, all your junk, every, literally take it all and just cast it, just give it to him. Actually, he wants you to come just like that. And I know I used to hear that so much, you know, growing up in a Baptist church, just come as you are, just come as you are. But God really, he re <clears throat> excuse me, he really does mean come exactly as you are. I remember before I really got saved, when me and my husband used to call like saved for real, I kept feeling like that I had to fix myself up before I came to God. So I would just say to that person, all the stuff that you're dealing with, all that heavy stuff, like you probably right now are on the brink of whatever. I just, I dare you to give him a try. Just show up and just say, God, help me. You don't have to know one scripture, honestly. You don't have to know any Amen. of them. You don't have to even have a Bible. Just cry out to him and just say, God, help me. And I promise you, he will, be, he will meet you right where you're at. Amen. Amen. That's simple, but powerful because it's real. And I, I know you spoke to someone when you said you don't have to clean yourself up because a lot of people really do feel like because religion has made them believe that you have to go to church looking a certain way. You have to do this, but you don't. You don't. You're not going to church for other people. You're going to church for God. Like you, who cares? Like I will go to church in some Ugg boots and some sweatpants. Like what's up? <laughs> I'm not playing with y'all. I am right. Exactly. Um, but what advice I would give is just make the commitment. You commit to work. You commit, like Asia said, to a relationship. You commit to a diet. You commit to going to the club every week, waking it before 10 o'clock to get in free. You commit to a lot of things. You commit to watching your shows relentlessly every week. Make the commitment. <laughs> right, fraternities, right. All of this stuff, you make the commitment. You have to make the commitment, and you have to be consistent with it. For me, my commitment started when I said, you know what? God, lead me to a church. I'm going to go to this church consistently, and I'm going to tithe consistently. Lead me there. And I've been there, and I was thankful because you don't always find your church home the first go-round. But God will lead you, you know, to the right one. But I made the commitment to do that. And my life changed ever since that moment because although, you know, at first I was a a, a baby in Christ, so I really didn't know, you know, what was going on, but he led me to the right groups, to the right ministers, to the right people in order for me to build my personal relationship to the strength that it is today. So just make the commitment because you won't produce anything if you don't make the commitment. That's what any relationship, you can't have a situation with God and expect to reap some benefits. No, it's not going to work like that. You have to commit to it <laughs> like for real for real so this has just been very powerful i hope everyone watching got something out of this i hope everyone out here got something out of this so i just want to go down the line and let everyone know how they can follow you and what projects you may have coming up and everything just give them a little spill well all right um you can follow me on instagram and twitter at virtuous underscore coach um, if you want to go to my website, it's www.virtuouslife.org, or you can just shoot me an email at purpose at virtuouslife.org. All right. All right. You can um, follow me on Facebook, Asia J. Thomas, or Instagram, I am Asia J. Thomas. Um, you can also purchase uh, my book on Amazon. It's hashtag I still believe we have the victory. Um, and yeah, hit me up. Um, you can follow me on all social media. Um, really, all my handles are Fallon Bonner, F-A-L-O-N-B-O-N-N-E-R. Website, FallonBonner.com. 
All right, awesome. And of course, you guys know me. I am Ashley Geis of SingleWomanChronicles.com at SingleWomanChronicles on Instagram and Facebook. They were player hating on uh, Twitter, so I had to do SWC blog. <laughs> but you can go to the website. You can purchase the books on Amazon. Single Woman Chronicles, an Atlanta love story, kind of. And How to Extra X, a guide towards getting past unhealthy relationships. <laughs> Amen. And also next week, I hope to see you ladies back because I will be having my um, Single Woman Chronicles um, listening party for my first audiobook. I'm very excited about that. So, yes, we will be having special guest performances. I'm bringing back poet John Wood. He was so amazing. I had to bring him back. Then I have Timothy Leon. Y'all, he hit these high notes like Mariah. <laughs> it's like I'm so excited to bring him. So, yes, yes. So I hope to see you guys next week. Purchase your tickets, swclive.eventbrite.com. Thank you, ladies, so much for coming. Thank you yes. for having us. Thank you. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.